0: comes up shooting Welcome to Toronto Basketball Matters, podcast number 18. Guys, we are rounding up the end of the summer league. The Los Angeles Lakers are your summer league champions. Uh, the 15th
1: boo. seed. Woo! So, uh, pretty pretty interesting
0: performance from Lonzo Ball. Uh, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, some also interesting comments today from Los Angeles Lakers president, Rob Palenka.
1: As I often do with this story, I think... Uh, I would venture to guess there's people in the room that are uh, familiar with the the stories in the book of Genesis uh, where there was a time when the Israelites were wandering in the desert and all of a sudden bread came down from heaven. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what today feels like for us to have KCP join. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a dead. This is a
0: deadspin story, and I will literally read the deadspin story written by Emma Basilari. The headline please, reads: Please summarize it. Lakers GM Rob Palenka cites wrong book of Bible while comparing Kentavious Caldwell Pope to biblical bread. Greg shot us. how do you feel about this? Rob Palenka comparing newly signed free agent Contavius Caldwell Pope to a loaf of goddamn bread, misquoting a goddamn biblical verse.
2: Fake news, Brandon. <laughs> it's fake news, and it's foolishness on the part of the of the president there. What's his name again? Rob Palenka.
0: Rob Palenka. He's new, yeah? Yeah, he's uh, co- I guess co-leading this organization
2: with Mr. Magic Johnson. That's probably up there with the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in a player's introduction into his city. And, I mean, it's also ridiculous because he's not that good of a player.
1: Well, it's the contract. Comparison. It's the contract. One though, year. It's right? so one-year, eighteen million, so that they still have the cap room for next. Year. It was more of the feeling, right? He he wasn't saying literally. It's bread. He was saying I, we feel like they did when they got Listen, the bread. If he, if, he, if, he, <laughs> if
0: he like said it just for a second, I'm gonna like, try, try to defend him mistake. as much
1: as I can. <laughs>
0: he, he he kept going on. Like he kept going yeah, on. I know. there was a lot of verses. I know. Goddamn reason. I, I, I digress. Okay. Look,
2: look, they're just happy in L.A. To get a little bit of talent, they've been bad for so long. They're still going to be bad this year, even with Alonzo Ball, who's played really good in the Summer League. All right, well, let's get to that, then. Alonzo
0: Ball is your Summer League MVP, but also... Didn't I tell you he could ball? (sighs) Nice play on words there, Greg. Fantastic. Uh Uh, 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 uh. Okay, so getting back on track, guys. So Alonzo Ball obviously had a pretty stellar uh performance in the summer league horrendous horrendous first game but really bounced back showed some resilience in the second third and fourth game obviously but the also the bigger name or a, a kind of similar name i guess and uh notoriety in the summer league is mr dennis smith jr for the dallas mavericks who put up incredible numbers during the summer league guys where do you stand right now who do you think had a more impactful performance in the summer league was it dennis smith jr or De- uh, lonzo ball and let
2: Mr. Christian
1: Graff and For me, well, I really like Dennis Smith Jr. He's more of an eye-opening player, I guess, because people kind of slept on him throughout the draft, I find. Lonzo Ball as impressive as he was, um, he really basically like he was good. I I don't know, it's a tough one. I think they both really showcased their talent. Uh, they're both going to be probably in the rookie of the year draft. If I had to choose, I'd probably say Dennis Smith Jr. just because more people probably didn't know who he was. But in general, this this summer league I've never ever paid attention to Summer League as much as I have this year. It's actually been somewhat exciting, and it's all the rookies. The rookies are well, leading an the indication
0: way. Indication how deep this draft was this year. Right? Yep.
1: So for me, I'd say Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, he looks like a mix of like a Westbrook um, sort of mentality. Um, But also has a little bit, I think, of like a Damian Lillard type mentality as well where he can shoot. He he looks fantastic. And he just missed a few dunks that would have been highlighted. Well, like,
0: that's the thing. Like, there was a sense kind of coming in the draft that he was just like another supreme athlete, you know, at the guard position. Um, He looks it. He looks but like Steve, but it, Steve he, Francis. He really acclimated himself well to the, the pace of the league. You know what I mean? Like he uh, I, I thought he'd be the kind of guy who league. would be the, the DLC. Summer league. league. Obviously you're right, one hundred percent. But like I thought he would be a little bit more um over eager, that makes sense, right? And also his defensive play was pretty impressive considering what he dealt with playing in North Carolina State. I think North Carolina stood at one hundred and fifty, the hundred and fiftieth ranked defense in college. You know, like they, they were an atrocious team defensively, and he's clearly, you know, making some sort of effort to play both sides of the ball as well. Oh, which I love at a Dennis Smith Jr.
1: see I think both players showed that like kind of just to comment on what you were saying earlier I think both of them showed that they're gonna be successful at the NBA level like it's not like like he completely outplayed Yogi Farrell Dennis Smith jr. did uh, mm-hmm. he made him look like a completely uh, you know a player that wasn't even around and that's a player who did somewhat well last year in the NBA yeah it so I think splash. that just alone this for these two players specifically ball and uh, and Dennis Smith I think it's almost certain that Uh, Hard to say certain, of course, but it's pretty guaranteed that they're both going to be very good NBA players.
2: Yeah, they say if you dominate the summer league, you could be a good NBA player. And if they've done that, apparently they can be a good NBA player. I just can't get too high on anyone until I've seen them not only play in the NBA, but play important games in the NBA. So I'm going to reserve the rookie of the year nod until the season starts.
1: So who's your pick between the two, though, uh, just for
2: summer league? Like, for, I most, think, for most eye-opening. I think Lonzo Ball uh, is a transcendent talent in his court vision. He reminds me, like I said, I, I watched him play. All it took me was a cup, just the eye test. Qualitatively, he is a special player. I think Dennis Smith Jr. fits a more common mold. Ball is a rarer talent because you just don't get that savant like. Well, a playmaking for him, more than a. He's play- a once in a generation type playmaker. Yeah, my mo- issue with yeah. him though,
0: like Lonzo Ball offensively, like he has so many issues kind of creating space off the dribble, especially off like a set defense. You know, like he, like he, 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 he's, he didn't look great in the half court as well. I just uh, he has limitations offensively. There are things he can definitely grow. Like he can grow substantially better as a shooter, definitely creating space, adding more muscle to his frame. Yeah, but, but there 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 were pretty some striking alarming issues offensively. But what he
2: does well is superfluous. Like he's on another level. Yeah. He's on the Jason Kidd magic yeah, and that, Johnson, right, cerebral right. You know, like, you know, Jason Kidd, it was Jason Kidd, he had no J, and that developed. Uh, mm-hmm. This kid's a better shooter than than they both were coming out. Mm-hmm. And, look, I mean, didn't he, he almost average a triple-double against NBA, well, lower NBA-level talent? So, it was pretty The good. only thing
1: is, he's only good when he doesn't play in the big baller brand shoes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> can we—I am so sick of turning on— the sport gossip garbage media and hearing about the brands that that guy is wearing yeah. it is the worst like it it is the epitome of just lazy journalism gossip pop news and it is everything that I despise, and the reason why well, we started this podcast.
0: Well, to be fair, though, it is a summer league, and obviously you're a little trying to scrape together some sort of narrative discussion, right, as a writer.
2: But you're right; it's pop journalism. It's you want a narrative? Pointless. Every one of those players has a story. So go, go Every back. one of those players. Journalists a story. are all buying
1: into what Ball loves. They're this not right now. journalists. Mm-hmm. They're Ball talking is the
2: person. They're talking heads in the media. A real journalist wouldn't concern himself with this. I'm sorry. I find it utterly ridiculous. I don't think it comes down to the credibility of the journalist
0: himself or herself. I think it comes down to the expectation of the publisher or the media conglomerate.
2: No, it's the ESPN. media conglomerate. that, oh, that it, setting, exactly. setting
0: the expectation of what should be reported on. That
2: That's it the is, issue. It is the starting conversation. It It is the A-block mm-hmm. topic on every single show. And it makes me...
0: Sick. Well, you can see what ESPN's doing. They, they lay off several, several writers, you know, over, I think, over 100 writers, basically. Um, and they're kind of focusing more on video-based content, pop journalism, like you mentioned mm-hmm. before, you know, more uh, media-friendly, sort of digestible, one-minute, sort of tiny no kind of content. Right? but no exactly, substance. exactly. That's a beautiful thing about a platform like 30 for 30 and hopefully hopefully ESPN kind of maintains that platform because that is one of the most important, important sort of documentary platforms for sport for getting like real journalism out there, real stories out there, real creativity as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, they could be a little more critical. Right? I mean, it's still it's still Disney. Yeah, but you're also... But yeah. you're right. They're, at least they're, they are telling, like you said, a yeah. story.
1: Anytime you spend 30 or more minutes on a topic, you're going to get an in-depth, especially when you're so used to these one-minute blurbs, you're going to get an actual in-depth look of something. And it's even if the show and the production is okay, I think 30 for 30 is great. But you're going to think it's way better because you're so used to all this kind of crap that comes out for sports journalism. Well, well in no, general.
2: Look, I mean, if you look right now, it's it's the off-season, right? And you get these different shows, so First Take, uh Sports Nation, what's another one? The right, they're all anyways, all, all these shows, it's the same thing. It's an attractive young woman in between about three former athletes. The woman doesn't she's just the she's just the moderator, kinda like what you are on this show, Brandon. All right, doesn't say, I'm just you know joking. You I bring you are,
0: absolutely nothing
2: to No, you are the one that put this <laughs> together. There's no doubt. But look, like, you know, she's just there to kind of look pretty and guide the discussion. And you have these guys with fixed points just yelling at each other about nothing. About nothing. And it's just, it's gotten to a point now with the, with the shoes and the baller brand. And I actually like what what the baller brand? I like that he's going at Nike I like that he's saying hey the NCAA exploited my son why can't I exploit my son I actually really like that right but they're not even picking up on that element of it how it's attacking the shoe companies and how they're threatened it's just it's it's such bubblegum it's it hurts my brain and I feel sorry for young sport fans because they don't really get an in-depth conversation about anything that matters.
1: I mean, there's not that much going on in the NBA right now, so I guess that's the one thing I could you could argue on their defense is it's a player that's obviously talk, in the media. No, I don't. What you about mean. The I, ag- I agree with you. Talk about you know
2: what I mean. Uh, I have uh, again the Raptors don't don't even enter into a conversation, but Lonzo Ball's shoes need to be talked about every
1: single game. Yeah, they'll talk about his shoes more than his highlights in the actual yeah, game Greg, itself. The
2: Greg, the bigger <laughs> question got to ask
0: yourself are, are are people reading this up? How many readers are they getting per per stupid pointless pop journalism story? That that's a bigger question. What are people reading? You know what I mean? You you, you you can say that, you know, they shouldn't be kind of creating this that's kitschy content, fo- that's but people Fox are absorbing says. content like that's this. That's
2: what so. fo- Yeah, that's what Obviously, Fox we're not news. challenging we people. If we create exam- more critical yeah.
0: content for people to be challenged on a daily basis, 100%, yeah. right? Yeah. But I don't think we live in a culture when it comes to sport where people have more, well, we'll take more critically I sort think of examined content. I think
2: you're not giving the average sports fan enough credit. People love the Colin Kaepernick story because it was about a social and political issue right and the fact that he's blackballed now right like i think sport fans are actually inherently political and don't even know it okay because you know how they get into these fierce debates about things right like it's it's serving a purpose instead of being political they're apolitical but they argue like hell about sport Mm -hmm. right i actually think think that the average sport fan does want to be challenged more and that's why you see a lot of these shows that have come up because the average sports center isn't doing it anymore for them but still the content is so lowbrow it's so lowbrow bubblegum sports matter (laughs) <laughs> All right, guys, getting back on track. Let's go back
0: this to the, is the summer the track. league. The track. This is the track. All right, so, guys, <laughs> Toronto Raptors absolutely put on a fantastic showing at the Las Vegas Summer League. Um, and also, you know, we had three important players participating in the summer league. We're talking Pascal Siakam, Jakob mm-hmm. Pertl, mm-hmm. and also Fred VanVleet. You know, guys that are absolutely integral to have at their best kind of coming in the season for bench depth, especially losing a lot of and uh, pieces like Damari Carroll, Patrick Patterson, etc. Etc. What do you take of this performance, Christian? Um, what do you think of the performance of Pascal Siak and Pertle and Fred Van Vliet? And who do you think was uh, had the best showing, I guess, in the Summer League?
1: Um, for me, I mean, I've been pretty big on Twitter, I think, uh, just showing that. I think Van Vliet's had a great, great, great showing. But I know that from hearing Masai's comments earlier, DeLon Wright's going to be given the opportunity to be the number two point guard on the team. No matter what happens at the start of next year, DeLon Wright will be there. As he should be. Yeah, and again, based on length and, and, and again, based on last year, Fred Van Vliet has had a great summer league, but this is the one time where I'll kind of agree with Greg and say it's summer league. It really doesn't show too much He's looked great So for me, um, I'd say my MVP would be Siakam He's shown that he can sort of Well, a he's, he's developed a three point shot. He started to use it a little bit, which is fantastic. He, he's starting to show that he knows the modern NBA. He knows what he has to do personally to sort of adapt to it. And, uh, for me, uh, not only is it the three point shooting, but the rebounding, the way he played, uh, that's exactly what we need from someone coming off the bench. So he's my MVP. The Raptors did great in the summer league. It's unfortunate. They lost to Portland, which ended up going to the finals. But for me, Siakam, uh, Quick note on Pertle, I think he's great as well.
2: Yeah, we we have a really good farm system. We have a really good development system. Uh, and these showings are proof of that, right? We were the D-League champs, very, very competitive in the Summer League. I think Van Vliet's uh, his issue w- in making the transition from the D-League to the NBA is dealing with the length of the NBA and the size of the athletes. Van Vliet isn't a physical freak, Right, he is a very good, fundamentally sound basketball player, but he has the proportions of a regular person. So when he's out there and he's trying to shoot over Giannis and he has a lot of problems when he's being closed down in space. Um, I watched Pascal Siakam play. I agree with you, Christian. He's to me, it's not so much that shot because I don't I don't trust him shooting that much. But what I he's a great defender. Like, he is so athletic, yep. and, and he just gets into people. I think he's, you know, now with Damari Carroll gone and Tucker gone, I think he's, like, our best wing, I mean, you'd call him a wing defender, right? Yep. I mean, what is he, 6'7"? I think a big question you've got to factor in, though, especially with the performance of our bigs in the summer league,
0: has been the performance of Siakam and the efficiency of Jakob Pertl.
2: Oh, yeah. Pertl, baby.
0: I like Pertl.
2: I told you I like Pertl.
0: You know, clearly we're one of those organizations that are kind of um, dealing with some salary cap restraints. You know, Grafen, does this situation kind of make Jonas Valanciunas expendable, especially with the impactful play of, you know, Siakam? And
2: Jakob Ertel.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, with Siakam there, I think it's made the owners expendable. The only problem is that nobody seems to want him.
2: Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. You think you would start, you think that the Raptors can win with one of those two guys starting in the playoffs? You think we can win a playoff series with one of those two guys starting in center? Right now.
1: Yeah, of course. At this
2: point We're, in their career.
1: You don't think that we could beat like a team no. like in, who's going to come in they're, seventh they're or who's going to come man. in sixth place this year?
2: Ertel will piss his pants. He's not, he's not a man yet. You can't, you can't put a 20-year-old that's not even like, you know, he, does, he can't bang yet. He, he'll, he'll be there maybe in a few years. I think he'll be ready to actually be an impactful center. But I, I, I don't think, I think if, if you just swap him out, we definitely lose rebounding. Big time, we lose rebounding. And that's a big deal. And we lose inside shot making.
1: Yeah, but we also lose all the salary that he comes with it, and I mean, there we can also pick much. somebody up. I, J-
2: JB doesn't make. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's who you get back. Right.
1: Like we those could pick two, up a free though, agent. Those
2: two as a front court are hard. They're still bench players, in my opinion. Like if either of them are the starting center, uh, well, I mean it would have to be Ibaka at the center, pa- uh, Pascal Siakam at the four, right? Which
1: I think we're going to see a lot of this. Year. No, or like you could
2: start Pirtle. It's just that. He's not nearly as good as Valanchunas. Even I, if he defensively covers, no, you're right. he's still not nearly you're you're as good.
0: Uh, he's not a defensive. man yet, man. See, you got, with see, big man, you
2: have to put on man muscle. He's not a man yet. That's where I kind still of disagree with you. I think... Uh, this is a
0: really weird comparison to throw out there, but I kind of relate Jakob Purtle in the 2016 draft to Jason Tatum in the 2017 draft. And you're talking about a guy you're not drafting him purely for his upside. You're drafting him for his ability to walk into the rotation and be a contributing member to the team immediately off the bat. I think Jakob pertle has the size, and I think he has a skill set to not be a dominant starter, but someone who can contribute and be a reliable starting center who can like get by, like a team could get by playing him, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be that there wouldn't be that many limitations. Like, I kind of relate him to, like, a Robin Lopez. You know what I mean? Like, someone's not going to blow you away on a nightly basis, but p- play responsible
2: he, to Yeah, responsible. he's fundamentally sound. He's athletic. But I think and he he's at switch. that position
0: right now size-wise. I think he has the size to be able to compete with any center on any given night. Well, I'm not talking no. about the, the, the Marcus Cousins mm. and the transcendent centers. I'm no, talking about no, big no, no. bodies physically.
2: No, but he's not like phys That's my worry with him. Like he's good with the quicker teams, but when you put him against Greg Monroe or Embiid or Dwight Howard or DeAndre Jordan or anybody that's real a real center, they'll they'll eat that kid alive. Still. Yeah, but you mean you guys? He you doesn't have there, man muscle like, like, yet, so he's bro. Western he's conference. too small. He's too young. He doesn't have man muscle. Like, that's why centers take longer to mature. Like, I think for a small ball lineup, he works. Right, like, but, he we're, can-
0: but we're not talking—we're we're talking about an unideal situation with having Jonas Valanciunas' contract on board. You know what I mean? And talking about what Masayu Jerry's done this offseason. You know what I mean? Jonas Valanciunas, I'm not saying he's a bad player by he tries the imagination, but we're also talking about a guy who couldn't play in the fourth quarter in the playoffs. We're I, talking about a guy who can't play the full fucking game. And, that, and I, I love you nope and I, and, I, and I, I respect his skill
2: set, but he is archaic when it comes He's to... He's too the slow. Ju- exactly. He's flat-footed. Exactly. Hold on. Wait, wait. I don't... Wait. Forget Hold the on. strength. One second. One second. The key to a basketball team is rebounding. Right. If you can't rebound... Okay, he's our best rebounder. Right,
0: but the luxury, right? we, but we're paying so much for. We're that. not exactly. paying him that much. $60 yes, we million are. Dollars a year. That's how that. much
2: Damari Carroll was making to do nothing. Yeah, exactly, got rid of him.
0: exactly, and that's why we need to get rid of Jonas Valanciunas. He brings. It one depends bro- what you get back for him. He brings one. I am not thing of the. I memory.
2: am not. No, he's an elite finisher at the rim. He's a competent. And he's an elite rebounder. He's a competent. No, he's more than player. competent. He's more than competent. He's a very good. I just think touches. the money—the
0: money we're paying him for, like the extra kind of surplus of offense and rebounding over Jakub is not justifiable. L-
1: let me ask you this: If we had the option then of letting go of Alan Chunas and picking up a free agent like I don't know, JaVale McGee, for instance, for three million, four, five million bucks, is that something you would be opposed to? Ja McGee would, on my yeah, team? Yeah, do you yes. think we would totally, I would be totally
2: regress? To a trait like you're saying swap He's those a free two agent
1: out. we somehow get rid of Valanciunas in some sort of dump like and we did with with Carroll get a player back that we cut and then pick up a free agent with the salary that you we You would gave need
2: back. to get back a good wing player that can bring, like Javal McGee is you're going down from JV but that's fine you want a defensive mobile center It's
1: just the same thing almost can't catch a
2: ball but that's okay cuz the Raptors don't pass the ball right It's just
1: the same thing for less money almost Yeah
2: but if you got yeah so if the Raptors were to work it out where they could get better in another regard by trading JV, then fine. But he's too valuable to just give up for nothing at this point. And you've invested too much in him. I think what he needs to do this offseason is shed weight and work on his quickness. And part of the problem is the Raptors told him to bulk up when he was younger. Right? And that's what he did. He bulked up and he got stronger. And now he's a force. The problem is right with the modern NBA and on this modern NBA thing there's only a few teams in the league that can make the Raptors pay for playing big. All the rest we beat because we play him. Right? It's just not that he can't play in the fourth quarter. He may maybe he can't play against Golden State in the, in the fourth quarter or some of Cleveland's lineups, but every other team he can play against and you're getting something back offensively because he's the best offensive rebounder we have. And right? So if and you got to give him touches you gotta give him touches.
1: The problem is he misses three or four, and then what? And then we... And then we... Just what do you keep mean f- he misses three or four? There's been a lot of times last year, I think, when we were when I was watching were they the Raptors forced, post at least. up one on one. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but that's, that's, but that's not, what Jonas kind of likes, right? That's no, his no, play. no. That's back how the to the Raptor, basket. That's
2: how the Raptors play. If you watch how they play in international basketball, so what's ideal for Jonas
1: Valanciunas then? Triple threat position to get the ball?
2: If no, no, no. If he just got the ball through penetration or got it off his 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 uh, rolls to the basket, right? More flow basketball.
1: But he's not quick enough for that. That's the issue. Is if he sets a screen? Oh, no, he's got nice hands. He's a great screener, but it's the roll that's that's the issue with Oh, Alan and Judith. that's
2: another thing. Our offense is built around pick and roll. You think Pertle can set good picks?
1: He's fast enough to come out of that roll. And no, but again, yeah, he's not big enough to
2: actually make the screen
1: happen. He's screening a
2: point guard. Who cares? The well, point guard. What <laughs> Westbrook will knock him over. So if He's you're gonna, not big enough to so, play. You'd have to change the way our offense works, there is which no, should be changed anyways.
1: Now I think you're just... You're, you're, no, like my point, you point is... You think someone like Westbrook is going to knock over someone like... A, just yeah, Westbrook. Westbrook because, so there's Westbrook, one point, point is, guard in the Birtle, league. Burdle is an
2: effective screener in the way that Valen is. one of the best screeners in the league. Our offense is based around screening. So it's, we'd have to... I think our offense needs to be more ball movement based. And if he got the ball near the basket instead of just post-ups... He'd have a higher efficiency rate, right? You're gonna trade JV, and he's gonna go and be an all-star somewhere, and then you're gonna be kicking yourself in the ass.
1: But this is a that's guy that's how good he is. This is a guy that you value the strength of so much, and if he can't even have this if he doesn't have the strength to get his back to the basket and actually get the ball down low, every time JV caught the ball, he's catching it at the top of the key. If he's really as strong as you think he is, he should be catching it closer to the basket, and he should be turning his back. Like that's on JV. That's not on the. No, system. the
2: Raptors don't feed him the ball though. They don't give him it. I've seen, I, I watch him play. He's got his hands up. He wants the ball. They just don't give him it. They'll shoot it and he has to battle him for three three rounds. Look, all I'm saying is it's, it's easy to scapegoat him. Really, really easy. Especially in the new NBA. The bottom line is he brings things that are intangibles. And you guys want to keep around Damari Carroll who does nothing, right? Absolutely nothing that's intangible. J- JV actually does things that are elite. Yeah, but the only I don't want to keep have around with you is I'm not, paying, you I'm not paying the <laughs> excess $15 million. him. he doesn't get paid that those. much. That's not that much in the new NBA. 15 Carroll was making more. And he did nothing. Right. So you're starting center. It's not So, Graff, let me ask you a question. Jones
0: Valanciunas, free agent, what sort of contract would he get on the open market?
1: In today's? At, like, yes, If he yes, was a free agent yes. this year? Yeah. I think he'd probably get around 10 to twelve.
2: Yeah. A year. Saving, 10 saving to 12 million, million per So year. we overvalue him by 3 million. That's not that much. I think 16, 12. 15. This year it's 16. Okay. It's, not, it's, it's not that much of an overvalue. It's dollars. I, I think JV the is, the, is a scapegoat for Raptors fans. And I think if you watch defensively, he's not as bad as people. The guards aren't keeping their marks in front of them. And we've had an awful power. Watch this year. I guarantee you our front court will dominate. I guarantee you. Those two will dominate if we don't trade him. And if we trade him, we better get something good back. We're not. Well, then don't trade him. It's
1: not worth it. That's where I agree with you. I mean, at this point, it's kind of like Vucevic in, in Orlando. Yeah. He's one of those players that's pretty much very, he's kind of similar to JV, except he has a three. But he's stuck in that same modern NBA center role where he's not going to get anything. And I think it's the exact same situation and they're kind of screwed, so why not just hang on to him even though you're trying to develop your rookies and just and go.
2: Vucevic is also soft. JV is not soft.
1: Yeah, but he can hit three. So th- again, their their games are a little different, but they trade I off. I want to
2: see JV shoot some. If JV could start hitting threes this year,
1: who do you rather have on your team if you're the Raptors? JV or Vucevic?
2: Oh, JV. Totally. I take I I'd take Vucevic, Vucevic in a second. Okay, Vucevic we can get sucks. into a long long debate about <laughs> Valanciunas and Vucevic, the much move maligned on, let's move figure on, okay. Jonas Valanciunas, the much maligned figure. You'll we'll have to Vucevic. change the intro to our podcast if he gets traded. That scream. I'll scream myself. All right, so moving on, guys. <laughs> um, so I, I want to bring up, we
0: were, we were talking about it earlier. We we're talking about Lonzo Ball. We're also talking about big baller brand. We're talking about shoe sponsorship in the NBA. Okay, so he, obviously, Lonzo Ball wore multiple sneakers. He was rocking to Steph Curry's one day. He had the Nikes on the other day. Is this is the existence of a big baller brand purely an opportunity to kind of leverage more cash from shoe companies? You know what I mean? Like, does he just like, is, is he kind of like LeVar Ball sort of thinking he created this company? Um, he, everyone's thinking he's going to be a big baller brand basketball player. You know what I mean? And he's just trying to get Nike to c- cough up more money. Well, this is sort of, him this is what he was run, sort right? of
2: insinuating. Right. Uh, I don't know how much of a method there is to all this madness besides their just raw promotion of his talent. It's pretty naked. It's pretty shameless. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's the equivalent of a guy on the side of the road, you know, with the sign on his body, right? Like free lap dances. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Like I don't see too much gene. I mean, it's smart in a sense that they're not again, like like his dad said if, See, if the, the NCAA can can exploit my kid, right? Why can't I? And I I I actually agree with that because they do, and players often don't get the most of what they demand from the market. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on it?
0: I just, I don't know. It, it's, it's it's really strange that like a rookie, like an unestablished rookie in the NBA right now <laughs> yeah. is in a situation where he can sort of leverage contracts from multi-billion dollar corporations like sneaker companies. Um,
2: on, you hype know, alone, on hype alone. On hype alone. He's playing exactly.
1: well. What do you mean? He's the MVP of the Summer League.
2: Yeah, well, this was before that even, he's saying. And he hasn't played a game in the NBA. His his career could still flop. It's the value of gonna sign- and, voice. And, so, you and, know what and mean? you're going to sign a kid to... Though, right?
1: you know these companies have signed kids that are much younger who have much bigger risk involved this is yeah. a pretty less this is not that risky of a move if you sign the ball family to your company for life probably or like nike signs them and lets them do their own offshoot like jordan <laughs> like, yeah, it's not, not reciting, a bad we're deal. We're
0: citing facts. We're talking about ethics. We're talking about is this right? Like, should should the end, like should this situation exist? Should a kid be yo? Look at AAU at basketball, man. That's look at
2: a, look a at AAU, AAU basketball. It's up to the kid.
1: I think it's absolutely right. And yeah, I think AAU basketball is a, g- a good example of how it brings up a culture of of these kind of kids that actually like want to do something like this. And to me, it's not the worst thing. A lot of people look at this extremely negatively, but it's a kid that. Knows his value Knows his worth It's going to yeah. try to create A bidding war and, and it's, just, it's just crazy
0: for me to capitalism think that the, baby That's capitalism What's wrong the, with the, that? the number two pick Is getting substantially More offers For a shoe contract Than the number one pick I know it's a very basic Way to put it But why isn't Markel Fultz Getting because all Because Markel sort of Fultz lofty? Isn't Because he doesn't have LeVar
1: Balls in Isn't that. a like, whore He's
2: not bullshit, a media man. whore But at the same yeah. time yeah. How, how do
1: you How do you know that? How do you know that, that Markel Fultz Is not getting shoe deals Offered to him right now In the same way that Ball is is, but no, balls, he's, he's not see self promoting himself. I don't himself see, see
0: LeBron way. James going to LA Lakers games on the sideline to meet with Lonzo Ball as a representative of Nike to encourage Lonzo to sign with Nike. I don't see them doing that with Markel Fultz. This whole thing, the money because in this it's business
1: more sickens a, me. It's, it's again it's the, like you said earlier, it's the brand. It's it's not just the player. Right. Like there are some players. So, well, that's
0: a better question. Then why does Nike want to brand Lonzo Ball, the second pick over the number one pick, Marco Fall too, in my opinion? And I feel like the majority of us at the table is he's
1: more he's a popular. Well, he plays because in L.A. Really popular. He plays in L.A. And he's, it's all about
2: popularity and, and brand recognition and making money. And by the way, the AAU thing, there is a problem with with teams uh, being indebted, I think, to Nike in the way that they are. Uh, There is a problem, I think, with the AAU circuit and the exploitation of these young men to promote a brand. I think there is. I think that – and that's why you have these AAU babies, as George Carl says it. These kids believe their own hype before they even get there, right? But, I mean, yeah, ball – hey, I was – you know, like I was saying to, to, to our host here, I don't see a problem actually in them seeing their value and promoting themselves over those other companies. All right, I think those companies are the ones that are shitting their pants a little bit right now.
1: Well, the companies are the ones that are giving them all the value, right? They're, it's, they're the ones that are – like, Ball right now is just – the fa- what he's doing – Senior or junior? Uh, senior. Uh, sorry, junior. What he's doing – and maybe he's directed by senior to change his shoes and, and yeah, change everything. Yeah. But, if honest, like, honestly, if he was not playing well in the summer league, would this even be a conversation? Oh, no. He's – no, If he was playing he, like he crap and he the, switched his shoes, no one would he care. He deserves
2: the hype, but it is it is just hype. Like It's like uh, when Stefan Marbury, you know, the Starbury thing, it was just a flash in the pan. So I would be cautious if I was Nike to sign these guys to a billion-dollar contract.
1: Okay, but let me put it to you this way. If you were somewhere back in the late 90s, something like that, and you had the, you had the op- option right then and there to sign the best player in the league in Tim Duncan or you can sign Kobe Bryant to a well, shoe deal.
2: What about, who you who are you going to sign? Can I can I throw in a third option? Sure. What if what about Grant Hill? And what if I pick Grant Hill or Penny Hardaway and my brand is fucked. Right? Like just, there's no guarantee with signing these, especially the younger ball kids. Like come on, man. LeAngelo.
1: It's the whole thing honestly is it definitely has to do with the brand. It, he's marketed himself before the draft. He wasn't even the best player in the in the in March Madness. He was terrible compared to Fox. But, but somehow but during this a problem and after the though? draft, isn't he's the looked naked, fantastic.
2: isn't the naked commercialization now of the NBA a problem where this is like the talking point again? What brand the player is
1: wearing? Right? Why? There's gonna be sponsors on all the jerseys soon. Why not just put a little? Besides well, the check no, mark, and, you're gonna get a little sponsor,
2: right? And that and there's no problem with 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 the halftime shows being just a big Visa advertisement, or State Farm's. You know the All Star Game is created so, by State okay, Farm. Ask you a question. It is created by them. Yeah.
0: Let me see a quick question. Is it is it weird that like personally, personally, I feel more comfortable with the idea of having a check mark on the jersey and the shoes. Than I do with the idea of having good year, or all that shit. Like I actually do, like this, like sponsorship of Nike, like maybe just like a league-wide sponsorship shoe
2: contract of Nike.
0: Where every no, player, be, like, no, I,
2: because they're they're uh, a notable athletic symbol brand, global. Yeah, I don't feel
0: like they pervert the game as much as like Goodyear, for example, where like a company. Oh that no, doesn't exist hey man, Nike sells dreams. Hey,
2: Nike sells dreams and and profits off the american dream and ends up hurting a lot of young people don't get it twisted nike is not an evangelical brand i'm not saying it's an
0: evangelical brand i'm just saying that when it comes to sponsorship of obviously the nba needs to be sponsored in some capacity would you rather have a company or a business that's completely separate from the game of basketball or would you have at least some authenticity with the Nike check I don't want to see any advertising advertising I don't like how they do it in
2: soccer either I don't like how how it's like oh it's one bank versus this airline I think that those things shouldn't exist in the game I think that's not what sport's about it is not brought to me by it isn't it is not created by State Farm it is bought and controlled by State Farm, but that like people would, would would be tuning in to watch the World Cup regardless if Adidas is sponsoring it. Anyways, people yeah, that's do a very convoluted the
0: idea. The one like the one to achieve, you know what I mean? Like the expectations no, would well, be that's so the obviously nature- there's less money in the game, so players would have to take cheaper contracts, and obviously no, be like you know, only more, because more more of the system that's only because of the tickets, system
2: that, kind of that we're in now is that such a ridiculous idea to not have so advertisements a league, a league, on the yeah, players? the league of
0: devotive sponsorship. In general, like losing out all that money, like what are you talking about? Like how do you can how can the league exist? You can have commercials without advertising. You
2: you can have commercials without putting advertising on the jerseys, such that if you want to tune in to watch a basketball game, you're subjected to it. It's like now in between free throws, they have advertising. Really, in between free throws, like
1: on the backboard.
2: No, you know (laughs) they stop. They they tune you out of the broadcast. And have an advertisement yeah, they have, like, in between the, uh, arena the pl-
0: top cam, and they have that weird like thing on the end. You can
2: no, like you're you watching the and game, and they'll tune you out, and in between the players' free throws, like where does it end, man? Where does it end? What am I really watching here? Is it an advertisement or a sporting event? The two are not the same thing, is all I'm saying. And this debate over the shoes to me harkens at that point.
1: See, I think what Brandon was referring to, like, so recently, Adidas was the league-wide sponsor for all of their apparel. And now yeah. Nike is just taking over that contract. Yeah. They're now going to be. So I guess, so what you're saying basically is like, why not just add shoes to that? Basically. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And just have them all wear the same shoes.
1: I think it takes a little bit away of the individual, individualism of the athlete. The and I think, and I think ball is almost the perfect example, even though we've Ex- almost yeah. over-talked, Nike would love it if him. they did that. Right. Exactly. Because then you get a company who's basically the richest, whoever mm-hmm. has the most money. Yeah. Um, they're going to go all in on, on, a, on a sport, yeah. and then every other company will be like, well, what's the point of me even making basketball shoes if yeah. I can't yeah. have my players or sponsors that are in the NBA? Yeah, but
0: isn't it weird that like, a guy like Nick Young can make the same amount of money as a guy like CJ McCollum and sponsorship money just purely because he can fucking talk a lot? Like, good on, good a on Nick Young! On no, good no on promotion
1: in the league. That,
2: that, that is because the strong, strong social sp- media. No, like. no, no, no. Sport has become about celebrity. It's, it's, it's the sport media complex, man. It's the celebrity athlete. It's about their Twitter. Twitter accounts, right? It's the same thing as celebrity status. It's, you know, like Jersey Shore.
1: Good it's been for, like good, that for a while, Good for those though.
2: people on Jersey Shore, all their talent. Good for Nick Young. He could talk a lot. He's a shit basketball player. That's this, why he's this signed isn't for nothing th- with the Warriors.
1: Let's not this act like this is a new thing, though. Like, this has been <laughs> yes, around for yeah, a while. Yeah, riding
2: the pine. Yeah. All right, guys.
0: We got to move this on. We are running down to the end of the podcast relatively soon, so I want to bring up a couple more topics. Let's start it right now with the sale of the Houston Rockets.
2: Oh, big money. Big
0: money. Big money. money. What? graphing? One point three million dollars. One point six million dollars was billion. the uh, billion. Billion.
1: Yeah. So I put uh, I put something on Twitter. It was one point six billion. Forbes said that they're worth as of February twenty seventeen. Um, he bought it for what, 83 million in the 90s and even, the, even uh, with
2: inflation that's the ridiculous oh it's profit. ridiculous mm-hmm. he wow. doubled his
1: money when he made the toyota when the toyota center was built i think the team value went up it doubled that year so he's done a great job i think if it's valued at 1.6 there's a chance they could match the clippers i think it might be it's sold 2 for, billion? i think it might be ma- i think it'll be sold for 2 billion
2: is this a smart time because uh, for it's those who don't know, Cr- Christian is our, is, our, is our business insider here. Is this a smart time, you think, for him to – because it, it, it seems crazy. Like, oh, you just got Chris Paul and now you're selling. But is that part of it? It's that, well, this is the best time to sell. Like is he selling high or is he kind of yeah,
0: recognizing exactly, yeah, like an yeah. eventual gr- gradual downslope, some sort of pattern in the league where he's probably not going to be able to cash
1: out as high? Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. It, it's, it's exactly that. He's in his late – early 70s i think he has one kid (laughs) obviously this kid has no interest in taking over the team or else uh, i wish i was that kid oh everybody uh, i think everybody listening (laughs) does but uh no i think it's the perfect time to sell like you said Uh, uh. he's also just given well basically the rockets have given a ton of money to james harden so there is a lot of risk actually involved in buying this team uh the, the, the the base of Houston, uh, as, a, as a fan base, is fantastic.
2: Yeah, and it's been like yeah.
1: that ever since they've been established in the league. Yeah. So that's the one thing you definitely have. And that's the main reason why I think this goes for a team as much as in L.A., like the Clippers. They can go for $2 billion. So, so
2: Mike Wilbon, on pardon the interruption, who I like, right? There's an example. Even though they flash it up, they're, they're, they're journalists at least, okay? And he was saying, uh, just to Christian's point here, that – it, it not only does Houston have uh, it, it's valued so high, also because it's global, because of Yao Ming.
0: Yeah, no, that's yep. a great point.
2: Right, so it's really I think if it might be like in some ways the most valuable well, franchise. The most Hakeem Olajuwon. They're the most. Oh popular. yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah. Hakeem exactly.
1: won, They won two championships there. Jeremy yeah. Lin, man. They yeah, ended they up have, getting Charles Barkley at the like again. Like yeah, they have a lot of history. They have won two championships. Yep. Like they, it's a great time to sell. I think yeah, it's a Moore great decision. A
0: mastermind. There we go.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, Leslie Alexander is smart guy. He looks exactly like Bernie Sanders. I don't know if anyone else notices that. That's right. Far. He does look like Bernie <laughs> But to Leslie. me, it's like Bernie Sanders is selling the Rockets. So I love it. He's also a big uh, Democrat, too, this guy. But uh, no, I think it's a good time to sell.
0: All right, guys. Last segment of the show. Guys, we promised it last week we're going to bring back another divisional breakdown. Um, I guess we'll start off this week with a little Southeast action breakdown. Let's start with the worst team. That's the worst last conference season. in basketball. No, by the,
2: way. the the we we went through the the worst conference. Sorry, yeah, the worst division. <laughs> Wait, what's the, the worst? Word
0: that no, that that that's
2: not the worst division. It's Southeast, isn't it? Who's in? Sorry, I, I jumped the gun then.
0: You, you, a little bit. Um, so let me let me pull this up really quickly, guys, because I uh, have a pretty poor piss-poor memory. Um, so last week, guys, we did a little bit of coverage on the worst division in basketball, and that would be a division full of teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, that's one team. Milwaukee Bucks, Indiana Pacers, Chicago Bulls, and Detroit Pistons. That's pretty fucking brutal. You, I think that's better than this than I think this we division. should just get we should just get rid of the shitty ones out of the way first. Let's do it. Okay, exactly. Let's do it. Yeah, no, I like that. <laughs> all right, so let's start with the Orlando Magic, record of 29 and. 53 uh you're talking drafting jonathan Isaac this year six though you're also talking about the acquisition of shelvin mack from the utah jazz also getting jonathan simmons from the san antonio spurs greg where do you stand with the
2: fifth place orlando magic uh you know they actually have some interesting pieces there right uh if they can get a flow they could uh hit 500 Right? I, I they they have some alright talent there. They have they have Gordon, they have Peyton. Mary You're, yo her Zonia. Her Zonia. I like that kid. <laughs> uh right, your your boy the the draft pick. Um they, they have Bigs. They Jonathan do have Isaac. Bigs. Um I don't know I, I, Bismack. I, I see them as uh, they have Terrence Ross now. I actually see them as improving. They really really shit the bed last year. It could only go up for that franchise, I think.
1: Jonathan Isaac, to me, is one of those players that's like a... I mean, everyone's mentioned it, but such a boomer bust, right? And if he does well, he can change this entire franchise. Yeah, maybe he's the linchpin. Yeah, exactly. Or the catalyst. He could be... To me, I see them having a pretty decent court. Again, this year... Last year, they went 29-53. and This year, I think... They regress a little bit. I think they're going to go to tw- twenty-seven and fifty-four. You think they're going? Yeah, the other I don't way. think they're going to do that great. But uh, having a core of someone like Terrence Ross, Aaron Gordon, uh, Isaac, <laughs> the model
2: of consistency, Terrence Alfred Ross. Robinson,
1: it's not. It's not <laughs> the worst. I mean, again, you could be.
2: No, you're right. I actually like what they've put together, You're talking actually. about, no, you
0: guys are crazy. You're talking about one of the worst-run horrible organizations than the NBA. You're talking three top five picks that turn out to be, oh my god, Aaron Gordon, Mary Arizona, Victor Oladipo, who they traded plus a with- Fucking draft picks to get Serge Ibaka, who they then flip to the Toronto Raptors to get jack shit, Terrence Ross. Well, one of this the team main is fucking horrendous. I don't give a flying fuck what they did in the off season. This team will continually be the bottom dwellers of the Southeast Division. I okay. can't even imagine right. for a second You're that any team point, in this division, I mean, including, point, including Atlanta, is gonna be like I
1: just. You're totally ignoring the fact they got a new bask a two, a new basketball president or a new president of basketball operations yes, and a Rome new GM. Rome wasn't
0: building a weak. And they need like this is going to take years and years and years to rebuild this horrendous situation, and it all depends on one guy in Jonathan Isaac, and that's a lot to depend on on a rookie. Got start you're somewhere, right? You were one hundred percent right. He hit it spot on. That he's a very high upside, very low ceiling kind of guy.
2: I think they, they need improve. to make sure that this guy I they, think they to improve.
0: make sure that this guy becomes like the crown jewel of the organization, that they ensure that they develop him the best possible way. This is the only future the team has. If anyone thinks Alfred Payton or Aaron Gordon are gonna be contributing starting members of an organization, they're full of fucking shit because they've been in the league long enough to prove how valuable they are valuable they are. So they had twenty nine wins
1: last year. Prediction, how many wins this year?
2: Twenty six. Thirty two. Thirty two, and I said twenty seven, so Moving right, on, moving on. We're gonna have this on record, eh? Uh, exactly. And then we should do oh, yeah. points. We should do points. Who wins? Who loses? And the loser has to buy the beers after the podcast. All right, I'm
0: absolutely that. that we already have
2: our own one going on, Brandon.
0: Beers for the evening. Denver Nuggets go. All right, Charlotte Hornets. Your next team up. Um, you're talking about a team that acquired. The man himself, Dwight Howard. <laughs> the franchise killer. The franchise. And also the drafted team killer. <laughs> the two funnest players in the draft, and Malik Monk and Dwayne
1: Bacon. Yes.
0: Where do you guys stand on this team this season? No, they got Michael, Michael Carter Williams too? I
1: they like
0: Michael Carter Williams as well, the third, uh, third uh, I guess, point guard now. S- so to me, if, if you look at Charlotte, team.
1: if you look at Charlotte and their core right now going forward would be Kemba Walker, Mike, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, Batum, Bacon, and Monk. I have no problem with that at all. <laughs> I love that. They also got Dwight Howard, but they got rid of Plumlee's contract, which is arguably yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. as bad. Yeah. So, to me, I think they had a
0: great offseason. It was a team that was a playoff contender it's a couple years be ago. Like, they made the playoffs. They looked pretty good in the playoffs
2: as well. Dreaming they will be the
1: exciting. They'll be like an exciting team to watch, and mm-hmm. that's all you can ask for at this point from this team.
2: Yo, I'll I'll tell you, with the coaching that they have, too, they play a hard-nosed style of basketball. They have some decent talent. Steve Clifford? I,
1: Steve Clifford's a great defensive yeah. coach. Yeah, he's, and that's he's the one thing knows, that will, he might instill that into Bacon and to Monk and actually get them to buy into that system. Yo, and if he does... I'm
2: telling you, we always, we have, just between Kemba Walker and Dwight Howard and Batum alone, that's a good big three. Yep. What do you think about that's the, that's a lot uh, of talent. Uh, the yep. Kemba Walker, they're gonna make uh, the playoffs. Dwight Howard pick and roll. No, it's going to be good. Like, yeah. wait, I'm telling you, okay, Dwight Howard was a steal <laughs> of the offseason. He's so undervalued now, right? Like he's so undervalued.
1: You're shitting on him three podcasts ago. No, I know, <laughs> no, I know,
2: I know. It, but it's like, because of how much he's dropped. But now because people expect nothing from him, I think he, you know, he'll still get you ten and ten at least.
1: So don't forget, this is a team we just—they were fourth last year in this terrible division. They had 36 wins. Predictions.
2: I think they go a few games over 500. I think they go an even 41-41.
1: I think they're going to go 43 wins, 39 losses. So that's what I said. Yeah, okay. I'm going four. I'm going 43 okay. wins as well. Right. I think they're going to be a playoff team, yeah. and it might it might be, because honestly, this Eastern Conference is so terrible, but 43 and 39 might be enough to get like 6th or 7th or something in the conference and face yeah. the Raptors in the first round. And that's a matchup, but honestly, I'm not looking forward to it. No, it man, no,
2: one wa- no one's going to want to play this team because they, again, I know they play with a traditional center, but you don't want to play a team that plays, that style. Oh, and right? Kemba's
1: a killer, too. He Yeah, kills yeah. He's and a they, killer all, they,
2: they
0: also have the biggest wild card, Dwayne Bacon, a.k.a. Mr. Dwayne Wade. And speaking <laughs> of Dwayne Wade, let's move down the list at the 41-41 Miami Heat. Um, I guess the biggest acquisition in the offseason was through the draft. Bam! bio had a fantastic performance, great rim runner, showed a lot of potential in the summer league. We're also talking about the acquisition of a, what, five-year, $60 million contract for Greg Eroschott's boy, Kelly Olenek. Guys, how do you feel about Miami's uh, (laughs) little bit of shakeup in the offseason and where they stand in the uh, division?
1: for me Miami went up quite a bit this off season um bam also oh, right. sorry, sorry i forgot take... to
0: mention also giving a long term contract to james johnson and Dion, the fucking man-waiters right there. <laughs> earned it. Well-earned. So I been, I've been
1: going through co- like tradition. the core players, I guess, of each team and who they have. And Miami, for me, just has a lot. They have Drogic, they have Bam, they have Whiteside, Tyler Johnson, Justice Winslow, Josh Richardson, James Johnson. These are t- a lot of players.
0: And great coaching And
1: these well. are all the players. And Dion Waiters is back. These are all the players that made them the second-half team that we saw as yeah. opposed to that first-half yeah. team. It took a while for them to gel. It took a while for these players to – Buy into that Miami system. Um, for me, seeing Bam play as well, uh, like this guy can shoot a three. He's kind of like Towns and and mm. Anthony Davis, like coming out of Kentucky, and that he never really got to do it when he was there. Is he that? But mobile? he could actually shoot is a three. Is he that mobile? Really? Okay. And he's really strong too. So
2: yeah, no, I know he's strong.
1: He's been shooting. Drogic is underrated as a point guard. I think uh, Whiteside's always a center that nobody really talks about. He's got a big contract but he's a game changer he's kind of like uh go bear on, yeah. on the jazz yeah so this is another team i'd hate to face they went 41 and 41 you said last year mm-hmm. i think they go 48 and 38 this year you know
2: i think the raptors would handle these guys i, I think we'd handle them again it, not if we don't have a traditional center right,
1: right. we, we yep. do need
2: someone to deal with with yep. with white side um but jv took care of him yeah i i think they improve a bit too Uh, I don't think they're up in the 50-win category, though. Just to confirm, 48 and 38 would make it an 86. 44 and 38. 44. 44 and 38. I'm going to go 45 and 37. The price is wrong, bitch. I'm gonna go fifty and thirty-two, <laughs> only for the oh! fact of coaching.
0: I think Eric Spolstra is, a, a, is coach, a fantastic yeah. coach, and, and I think Asian is very important with this organization. Hey! the Asian connection. I think, I think him having you know just the ability to kind of bring back this team that he was able to do so much with last season, also bringing you know your boy Kelly Olenek as well, plus rookie Bam oh You know what I mean? It definitely, like I I just I, I trust in Eric Spolstra, and I think they're gonna carry the momentum from last season second half over to this season. I think they're gonna. Be be a team to reckon with in the Eastern Conference. For you me, I, I've go, I'm going For me the X factor,
1: like, the only way they're going to get to 50 is if Dion Waiters, Dion Waiters yeah. remains healthy. He they an went, All-Star. Yes, he be an all-star. In that little sec where they went and killed it last year, they went 23-5 and five when he was playing. Mm-hmm. He sprained his ankle. They ended the season 7-6. and six. They were one game out of a playoff spot. He was adamant that if he was just playing, they would have definitely yeah. got in. He's twenty five years old. Then if Deion Waiters can actually be the player that everybody hoped he would so be, two years ago, he's the X ago, factor. I agree with that. I think that's that's the only that's it right there. Yeah,
2: I agree with that.
0: All right, guys, moving down the list, the uh, Atlanta Hawks, who finished forty three and thirty nine last season. Uh, you are talking about a team that won sixty games a couple seasons ago. Now you are talking about a rotation of what. Uh, Jeff T. you're talking Kyle Korver, Ken Bazemore, Paul Millsap, Trader, Al the Prince. only man to show from that starting five rotation is Ken Bazemore. They also have Dennis Schrader, but bring in the offseason of multiple trades with the Mark Dwight Howard traders, Marco Bellinelli. Uh, you're also talking about the acquisition of your boy, Miles Plumlee-Graffin. Uh, we also uh, talk about one of the uh, sneaky surprise draft picks this season in John Collins from Wake Forest, who's been putting up incredible numbers throughout and the dunks? summer league. And dunk. <laughs> he's looked absolutely incredible. That's uh, the big boy. Guys, where do you stand? Yeah, the big boy. Forward. Where do you guys stand on the Atlanta Hawks this offseason? And do you think they're going to bottom out this season? Or do you think they can uh, maybe pull together at least a little bit of a comeback
1: Just a quick question before I go into their offseason. Obviously, I mean, they have a new GM, so it's maybe that's the answer to my question right there. But why wouldn't they trade Millsap earlier if they're just gonna get rid of Howard and let him go for nothing? They didn't even
0: offer him a contract.
1: I know. So why? Like I don't. That to me is the most puzzling thing. If you know you're gonna go through a rebuild, why wouldn't you even
2: trade him and get some draft Same Situation with Al Horford as well, right? They could
1: have got Oladipo and whatever the Pacers got, and I would have been like, all right, that's not bad. They (laughs) fucked up with Al
0: Horford. They (laughs) fucked up with Teague. They lost essentially everybody, and the only thing they had to show for it is the first round pick they got from Cleveland for Kavalk.
1: I I think they were at forty three. Wins and and thirty nine losses last year. I think this team regresses all the way down to twenty five wins next year. This could be the last place or second last place team in the in the in the Eastern Conference. I think Atlanta. They don't look good. They have rookies that are okay. I guess Schroeder looks decent. Collins and, and Prince are good, but for me, I mean, they didn't end up keeping Hardaway which was smart on their decision. Mm-hmm. It's just obvious they're going through a full rebuild. So I, it just to See, me, it's puzzling that maybe it's the new GM and that's the answer to it, but I just don't know why they would have let go of these pieces and not gone through a real rebuild and actually got an offseason this year that actually was beneficial as yeah. opposed to just hoping that Collins I'm was what you. he is today. I'm with
2: you 25-56. I'm
0: a little bit more. I, I'm. I, I got 31 and 51, but like, why talk about one second? In the Atlanta. I, I. I'm big. I'm big on John Collins. I'm really big on okay. John. Collins. You think Collins
1: he's that reason. big of a game changer, though? Like uh, in his first year.
0: I, I think Dennis Schrader might come into his own this season. They have a couple no. of guys with high upside as well. They have a fantastic coach in Mike Budenholzer. Uh, I just. I can't see them being the bottom. But they. But they should tank. Like, like yep. the, the idea is to tank. Well, that's the thing right they there. That's what i want to bring up tank. really quickly. You're talking about the market of Atlanta, a pretty enticing option for a lot of free agents as well. Playing in Georgia, playing. in Yo, Atlanta, you would think so,
2: man. But no one goes to those games. Like I, I yeah, but they, I, I notice it every time the Raptors play there. It's true. They have empty seats. And I, growing up, I, you know, old Dominique Wilkins. and even, you know, Mookie Blaylock. Like you know, they had good teams there. I, th- I, I thought uh, Matumbo, right? Yep. But no, man, there is there is nothing. There's their fan base doesn't really seem to be that into it much like actually the washington wizards fan base
1: i think they go through like a culture change every so often i find where their team is completely like kind of different and put it this way with continuity with paul Millsap leaving that was the last member of their 60 win team suffice to say end of an era suffice
0: to say fill those fucking seeks gucci man all right moving on to the washington wizards (laughs) your number one (laughs) seeded team uh, 49 33, you're talking about the acquisition of point guard Tim Frazier adding a little bit of stability to the bench. I think that was, everyone can agree, that was Washington's biggest issue last season. Um, they also brought in guys like Jody Meeks as well, so a little bit of three point presence there. Didn't have a first round pick this year, but also brought in Power Ford, and Mike Scott. Um, but also, most importantly, sign. Otto Porter Jr. to a max contract, I think what is it, Graph? In five years around twenty six per year?
1: Yeah, and they have to adhere to all these crazy terms that Brooklyn put into the contract for the for the <laughs> offer sheet. They have to pay him fifty percent before October, before Bro- the season even starts.
2: Brooklyn <laughs> Absolutely screwed the wizards.
1: No, no, no. Brooklyn absolutely helped Otto Porter. Yes, <laughs> very yep,
2: yep. They also come fucked
0: the Portland Trailblazers by offering that contract to Alan Crab, who's making like eighteen million dollars a year, which is completely. Maybe
1: that's it. exactly their, that's maybe, their thing. That's maybe their that's shit. their
2: thing. It's just like we're gonna Make the present We're going to bankrupt them so I'm not scared so I'll fucking in- throw $20 million I yeah. don't yeah. shit it, Right So that in five years From <laughs> yeah. now when, when they're They're just fighting off, To
1: not be the last Place team in the league Right And they're trying <laughs> To sink some other Teams with them.
0: Also concerning though John Wall Who has got Offered the Supermax I think at a $42, 43000000 million Per year did not re up with the Washington Wizards wants to Wizards. see
1: what's going to happen exactly. with the team first. Exactly. So
2: because the fan base sucks and he knows it and he wants out. Wasn't it weird that he was <laughs> he was of at the same time? That I love it. That's why.
1: at the mean. same time that they were trying to do this whole figuring out Otto Porter thing. Yeah, he was openly trying to recruit Paul George to the team as well. Doesn't does that, that not say do, something yeah, that about, well. about Otto Porter being there and then him getting paid a little bit more? He was I don't the, know the, like John Wall might leave that team eventually, okay, and I know
2: the American media loves the Wizards. Eh? It's because it's Washington yep. and John Wall. He's a superstar. Michael stone, Jordan history, right? yeah, yeah. And all yeah, that yeah. But you know what, man? Like they haven't ever gelled. Uh, Bradley Beal and him don't have good chemistry for all the talent that they have, and it doesn't surprise eh. me now. It doesn't surprise they had 49 me now. Forty nine wins last lo- year. What's that?
1: They had forty nine wins last but year. But
2: that's not for the for having those two in your backcourt. Look, the Raptors. You could argue Lowry and DeRozan didn't have the talent that those two have, and they've managed to build a better culture. I, I'm just I'm, I'm I actually agree with you that what you're bringing up regarding Otto Porter not fitting in. I don't know if there is much. Like there, there's not a lot. It doesn't seem to be uh, a culture of camaraderie, and I think their front court is is uh, aged and and weak. Like, you definitely you could definitely see by will body never language. Lose <laughs> You're talking t- you know, But I mean weak, I out yeah, as we getting <laughs> sorry, I mean weak as in like they, you know, but he's not going to give you buckets. You're really? also talking about they a backword,
0: Bradley Beal and John Wall. Yeah, Truly by court. body language, absolutely hate each other. This is
2: what I'm saying. I I, I don't see the w- like I I see them actually like Kelly Oubre Jr. I see them as maybe getting better in the wins column. I don't But but really you, you don't see them getting I, over 50? I and, think they're going to get 40. I
1: think they're going to get 48.
2: Mm, I think 51, but
1: I, you're I, right. Maybe in this year's East, it's different, but I mean, I've already gone with that prediction. So 48, 48 wins. I guess Tim Fraser for me is the most underrated, I think, offseason acquisition just because it's gone so under the radar. Mm-hmm. But this is a dude who averaged nine assists per game last year and he started 35 games. Mm. Like that's very, very underrated to have as a backup point guard to John Wall this team just got so much well, that deeper. That was their biggest,
0: biggest. Like I guess absolutely, issue last year. Brennan Jennings
2: and what? Yes, uh, and that
1: coming off the bench. Yo, but boyfriend. Jennings, like he, he was terrible, and that's why having someone like Fraser. Achilles I loved I him,
2: I him when he came in the league. He's a Allen Iverson, yeah, but like, like he's a he's a liability defensively. Exactly. exactly. So small and
1: weak. And Jody Meeks for him, for, he's just got to stay healthy. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with Jody. I wouldn't rely on Jody Meeks if I were the Wizards right now or, or put too much faith in them because he's just hes one of those guys that could easily just you know, a kind of a Band-Aid type player. The, the only Frasier way the they reason, do better I think they is might if regress. Wall and
2: Beal uh, take a big step in their game and, and achieve. I think Wall's already a superstar. Beal is a star. I don't think he's actually ever even been an all-star, Bradley Beal.
1: Well, he was kind of snubbed. Uh, you know, air
2: quotes. Last year, because they weren't. Because when the votes went in, they were doing so poorly in the standings. Then they went on that hot streak, right? For them to get over, I say they. I think they're going to win over 50 this year. They should with those three in the weak Eastern Conference and an upgraded bench. I still think that they're not complete enough um, to really be a contender. I think they're uh, not even fringe contenders. They're pretenders.
0: Their seller cap situation is completely messed because. Um you know like They, they, they are Okay I'm going to say It's probably the worst I'm factoring Joaquin No as well But I think the Ian Mahinmich Contract is probably How much does he make a year? I think it was a Four year $64 million contract So what's that
2: a year? $16 million He makes as much As Valanchunas Yes Yes but that's what I mean. Like, if you look at, no, some he's an anomaly. Okay? I don't understand that contract. What, like, I don't, what was, what was
0: Washington thinking? Because so they I have him a him bad,
2: because they have a bad front court. At the, like, Gortat had a long peak. He's on the downside of his career and he was limited then.
0: All right, guys, with that, we are, uh, we are out. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Guys, you got anything else to add?
1: No, we'll do the, uh, we'll do the redraft of the summer of the draft next week after the summer league. I missed, I missed I last missed. I completely weeks. changed my top 10, except for the top two players. Fultz and Bull are the same, but other than that, I think the rest of my entire top 10's changed.
2: I'm so excited to see the Raptors draft pick. I really hope. Wait till, he might ju- be wait back till January. In November.
1: November? Wow, yeah. probably. We're going to ease him in because he's a rookie. But, and but you know what? He might, might recover super
2: fast because he's young.
1: We're not going to want to put him in too fast. No, either, I want right? to see
2: him play, man. I want to see him play. I wish
1: we could see him in summer. League.
2: I wanna. I would love to talk next week also because I missed last week about CJ Miles and what he could bring to the Raptors. Yeah, his press. Also, are too. we, uh, yeah, the press release was today. Um, Sorry, press conference. Are we also going to talk about the Atlantic next week? Yeah. Mr. Show Producer. Sure, we can do that. I think we should preview the Atlantic. Yeah, it's time Raptors for the Raptors. are going to win 60.
1: See, I'm just waiting to see. <laughs> 60. If I'm just going to see if they're going to do another move. That, that's the reason why I was kind of holding off on the Atlantic, just to make sure that we get a full scope of what the Raptors look like next week. Boris
2: Diaw, perhaps?
1: JaVale That's McKee. been rumored. Hey, again, <laughs> why do you want Javale McGee so bad?
2: Because <laughs> he's a defensive because he's center. he's Cheap
1: and exa- exactly. He's and defensive then you use rebounds. the money,
2: but we you need to get you need to know that you can get something else because just that, that that swap and then just a dump salary for this year. We're already out of that tax zone, right? Right. So it doesn't. If we, we need to get point. something back, damn it. And I like him in our intro.
1: <laughs> That's Respect, the only reason we're going to keep him. We love you, Jv. Carter comes up
0: shooting.